guys fired up? Awesome. Uh, just a, a quick little commercial today. This is actually a book I wrote uh, a year ago. Um, actually released it last year called Preach Preacher, uh, discovering the message that's already inside of you. Um, if you remember, I think it was last me- week, um, I talked about the idea of preach your message. I don't, know, you, I don't know if you remember, anyone here remembering that part of the message? Anyone? Please give me a wave offering today. Awesome. Um, this actually comes, that kind of content comes from this book, but um, I believe everyone does have a message. I, I believe that. I believe it's actually God uses your glory days and your bad days. And he doesn't apologize for the families you've been raised in. But what God is so good at is he's able to leverage your difficult situations for your greatest messages in the world. Come on, somebody. That God has no problem using your pain as your greatest platform of reaching people. So anyways, that's a, that's a book. It's actually out there at the New Lounge area. If you want to pick it up, feel free to grab that. We've got some cool uh, merch, too. Some new wave shirts. I know people have been like, man, how do I get a shirt? Well, we're selling those today. And we're getting some, uh, I think we're getting some crew necks or some hoodies in too. So I heard it gets cold here in Michigan. That's what I heard. Um, but um, those are coming out. And then also too, please, um, like, our, uh, like um, uh, Aubrey was saying before, if you're a first time guest with us, we do have a gift for you. So please come back. We'd love to meet you. Hear a little bit of your story because before you know it, you never know, you might have a my story one day. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to get into it today. We're going to, um, actually, I don't know if I'm going to wrap up this series yet. I, I just cannot leave the Holy Spirit. That just sounds so funny to say, but man, I'm just so excited because we just want to recreate the environments at New Wave that we've been shaped in. Um, I was 17 years old. I came to faith in Jesus. It was actually about uh, 18 months later. I was in a uh, college ministry that two guys in the church, the college pastor and, and one of the leaders actually laid hands on me. It's actually what Jordan was saying, laying hands. That's, that, honestly, hands represent blessing and authority. They just laid hands on me. And then actually I was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in this own unknown tongue. Language. That's what it means. Okay. We'll talk about that maybe even a little bit today, huh? Don't, don't get freaked out. There's something in the, in the book of Acts called Speaking in Tongues. I'm going to talk about that today and demystify that sucker. Okay, is that cool? Awesome. So we're going to continue our series on the Holy Spirit. Awesome what God's been doing the last few weeks. It has been so cool to see people become more bold and more daring and more loud in their faith. Man, I was actually talking to one of our guys in our church today who, who show, showed up and said, man, he got a mailer, came to our launch service, and he says, man, I can't stop talking about Jesus. Like, people are getting a little bit, a little bit like, okay, 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 it's time to kind of calm down. He's like, no, no, I can't. Because it's like, if Jesus has done this so much for me, I just can't apologize anymore. But I'm, I'm being bold in my faith. I love that. And it's amazing when we allow the Holy Spirit not to just live inside of us at salvation, but when he awakens us up and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit begins to lead us. And what happens with that is we actually have power now. The reason why that the power was given to the people of God in Acts chapter 1-8 is so we could be witnesses in the world. And I'm just saying this, we can never be witnesses in an area in which we apologize for. Okay? Now, is the Holy Spirit supernatural? Yes, he is. Is he a ghost? Is he just kind of this mystical kind of like, you know, vibe in the, no, 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 he's a person. And did you know actually this person, you can grieve him. And I believe the Holy Spirit is probably in in any more hour right now is grieving because he's, he's like, can I just get into service? Can I just actually have a seat inside the, inside the, the room so I can do what I want to do? And I'm even seeing right now, I feel a stirring even right now in our world right now, traditional churches. Churches that are like, man, we just love the Bible and everything else, you could just have it. Those are the type of churches right now that are, that are experiencing such a disruption. 
Because in one season, we invited the Holy Spirit in. I believe this. In another season, guess what? He's kicking down the doors. I feel like we're in a season right now that the Holy Spirit, okay, enough of this stuff. It's time for me to actually do what, I'm, what I want to do in your life, but I might break in a little bit. Is that okay? Now, is he a gentleman? Yes. Is he ever going to call you to say, you know what? I'm going to give you an unknown language called speaking in tongues. You're going to go to the Kroger down the street. And when I tell you right at the proper time, you're going to grab a microphone. And you're going to begin to get crazy on that microphone, speaking that unknown language. No, 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 no. He's not like that. So I just want to just, I just felt this on my heart today. I felt like this. I feel like there's some individuals, maybe in this atmosphere, in our region, that said, man, I want what you have. And now you're on the outside watching everyone jump off the diving board. I'm just going to tell you this. The deep things of God are only scary if you don't know how to swim. Do you hear that? The deep things of God that are available to all believers. And I want to tell you, Acts chapter 2 isn't just for the Pentecostals. It's for the universal body of Christ. Can I just tell you that a little bit? I think, okay, that's a Pentecostal church. I guess the Holy Spirit goes there. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is a, what, a part of the Godhead that's available for every person uh, that's called Christians, okay? And I want to remind us that all of the Holy Spirit is this. When we invite the Holy Spirit in, our faith goes public. Man, I just feel like this. We break out. Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our life. We break out of consumer Christianity, consumerism. Consumerism has jacked up the church. Jacked it up, robbed you, robbed you in an alley. That's what, the, that's what has happened This consumer Christianity. It's like this, man, I will go into the church and, and I'm grateful and I get to be in the church, but now I'm allowing the church, everything in which you, be, uh, in which you embrace and believe, I'm on, I want you to, uh, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want you to, um, I'll get it, I'll get it, just give me one second. I want you to compromise all of that so I can be in the atmosphere. Sometimes I feel like this, too. I'm 42 years old. 42 years old. I don't have a lot of time to be wasted anymore. I say even friends, people that I've known 20 years old, they never want to recreate the environments in which they were shaped in. I'm like, okay, we're going to plan a church. Seven weeks in, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. No more uh, bedroom, uh, broom closet Christianity. It's time for us, for the whole body of Christ, to be able to get access to the things I guess people get later on in their faith. No, 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 no. You want to know actually salvation? This is what took place in the, in the 38 years the book of Acts was written. Did you know without the book of Acts, we would never knew what happened after, after the time of Jesus? It would have been prescriptive, but it would have never been descriptive. Which means we'd be hearing about all these things that Jesus did, but we never would have saw it get into the church. That's what the book of Acts was. 38 years. And so what we do a lot of times in the church, I'm just kicking sacred things all over the place. Well, here's what we do in the church. I get saved, and when I feel like it, I'll get baptized. So wait, I'll wait till like two years down the road to actually go public with my faith. No, 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 no. Here's Acts. Here's the book of Acts. You come to faith in Jesus Christ. And if it's a legitimate salvation, guess what happens? You don't care. You don't care. It's not like this dating relationship with Jesus. That's like, guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm like dating him, but I never want to tell anyone about him. How about that relationship? That'd be weird, wouldn't it? I bet you that person would break up with you. They would. But no, no, no. Here's what happens. Baptism, water baptism. And in these moments, it was like synchronized. You see in the, in the book of Acts, is that people were baptized in water, in John's baptism. And he says, have you received the Holy Spirit? He goes, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit, which is the second experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they're activated. And for some of you, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know about that theology. I'm just going to say this. Then guess what? You're going to miss out on all the fun. 
You want to you see those that are so hard-hearted come to faith in Jesus and you proclaim your story to them? Guess what? It's going to take power. There's no other time. I know we get crazy and go like this, man, I just wish I was born in another era. Can I tell you, it is so ripe right now, the harvest. It is so ripe right now in a disunified nation and in our globe and in our world right now. It is in the polarization of these times where there's light and darkness, there's black and, uh, and white, there's, there's wrong and right, even though now everything's muddied together, that we need a church to rise in this hour, come on somebody, that is able to stand for what they believe in. And go, man, am I allowed to preach? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's our time. It's the church's finest hour. I love what A.W. Tozer writes. He says, it is one thing to read about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's quite another thing to experience the mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit that radically changes our life. And man, I just want to give an invitation to everybody that you can walk in this, you can move in this. And you're like, man, I don't know anything about that. I'll just say, they stick around here long enough. We'll take you to swim class. You don't know how to swim, we'll teach you how to swim. You don't know about the deep thing, the, the, the gifts that are mentioned three different times. You don't know anything about those, they weirded you out. Guess what? We'll methodically take you through them so you can feel empowered and walk in all that God's called you to walk in. Man, I'm just telling you right now, I don't want the next generation to get crumbs from the table when we eat Thanksgiving feasts. I don't want to do it. That's why we have our kids back there. There is no junior Holy Spirit. We're seeing kids even two weeks ago, man, someone comes in and says, hey, you know what, I just felt like last night that there's a lot of kids, just kids in general, that are experiencing a lot of nightmares, okay? See, that, that's, a, that's the spirit of the Lord speaking. Here's where actually the spirit of the Lord takes off is actually in obedience. She comes in that weekend and says, hey, you know, she's leading a class and said, hey, maybe some of you guys here, maybe have you guys had any like nightmares, like night terrors, maybe you're afraid to go to bed? There's like five or six kids that raise their hand. Your kids. Some man being terrified. Guess what? In these atmospheres, there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's like, oh, we're going to, okay, when you, when you get older, we'll teach you. No, no, no. He's, he is present right now. Guess what? Your kids were prayed for in that class. And I'm hearing stories even right now of individuals, of young kids right now. Some man, I have not had a night terror or a nightmare ever since I was prayed for. Come on. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. That's how this Holy Spirit works. So if you guys could turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts today, Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read 19 verses for you today. And man, I just got a message I feel like is going to take us to the next level when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Acts chapter uh, 9, verses 1 through 17. Uh, sorry, seven, uh, yeah, 18 verses actually, not 19 verses. 18 verses, I'll read them. But Saul, Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way. Okay, I just want to kind of point out this idea of the way. They were not called Christians at this time. They were called the way, in which they professed that Jesus Christ is, a, is the way to, to the Savior, to, sorry, is the way to God himself. But they knew him by their actions, not by their profession. Isn't that awesome? So what do we call him? I guess call him the way. Because they're pointing to the way to heaven. That's all they knew at this time. So that's what they're called. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. This is Saul, right? Almost about ready to turn into Apostle Paul, but this is, this is his pre-life. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? 
I love it. He didn't say, who are you, Savior? He said, who are you, Lord? Lord. And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Okay, there's an interruption taking place. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. You guys ever felt like that? I don't hear voices, but I hear a voice. That's actually what's happened to Paul at this point. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, right, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. We're going to keep going. Verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision. Imagine this vision. It would be like, it, it would, yeah, anyways. Ananias. And he said, here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And that's like Detroit. Do you know actually what Detroit means? It's like straight. You guys know that straight, the river there? Hey, I'm just new here and I know this. That's what it means. Huh. Wonder if that's something prophetic here. Come on, somebody. We'll take everything we can. Street called straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. God, how scary would that have been? An individual that felt and knew at one time that this man would hunt him down. Now God is asking him to go pray for him. Ever felt like that? A little side note, not the message. We felt like, man, that's kind of how our faith is sometimes. There's individuals right now like, man, I, I could hardly even look at them, let alone pray for them. But that's what God asks us to. You want to see actually you begin, begin to love somebody? I dare you to start praying for them. You will see your heart for them to change and become like butter for them. Because you're praying for them. That's what happens. This is what our faith is like. Well, how would I do that, Pastor? It's by the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because that's supernatural. That's not normal. But anyways, let's get back into this passage here. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. How much evil he has done to, to your saints at Jerusalem. Verse 14. And, the, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, go, for he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Paul, right? The Paul we know, he has a calling on his life. Just like many of us in this room, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want to let you know, this is an entirely different life that God wants to lead you in. He will take you places beyond your dreams. He will break you out of, out of areas that you would never think that you could be broken out of. Addiction could fall off. Your bodies can be healed. See, this is the faith in which we believe. And I just want to let you know this. For anyone in the room, man, I don't know if I can go, go all in. I'm just going to tell you this. That's when actually the greatest things begin to take place. I just see a bunch of diving board believers these days. How could we call believers and call people of faith if we don't have believing and faith? Okay, we've got to have both. Amen. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight. I love it. Filled with the Holy Spirit. It was crazy before Jesus. I actually thought every believer... I came across at 17. I thought everyone that wasn't a Christian, I mean, everyone that was a Christian was completely crazy. Like they, they gathered around on Sunday mornings and drank a bunch of Kool-Aid. That's what I felt like they did. Brainwashing you, telling you to do, do all this stuff. I said, you're the blind ones. 
It wasn't until Jesus showed himself to me at 17 years old at a youth camp that I discovered actually, guess who was blind? I was. I'm the one that doesn't see. I'm the one that doesn't understand the picture of eternity and the desire for God to save a broken world. I just want to tell you this right now. Man, if we needed a great entertainer to get us out of our mess, guess what? Taylor Swift would have been sent. If we needed a great economist to get us out of our bankruptcy and issues, guess what? God would have sent an Elon Musk. But the greatest thing in which humanity needed was saving. So Jesus was sent to save us from our sin. That is the gospel story. But I just want to tell you, this is kind of the point of this whole message of the Holy Spirit. There is a life beyond salvation. Okay? For anyone in this room, I just want to tell you this. For 45 and over, I'm just going to tell you this. It's time to stop messing around. It's time for you to enter into your faith. God's been drawing you for years. You see everyone else burning. And I'm just going to tell you, that God has his touch on your heart today. I believe that for someone in the room. It's time for you to be engaged. Why? There's another generation that needs to watch you burn. They're over there. They were over there doing service today. I'll just leave it there. But there's a great interruption. That's what happens to Paul's life. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today, about an interruption. If you're taking notes, the title of my message is Holy, Holy Interruption. Holy Interruption. I'm going to pray. God, we love you. God, we honor you today. God, we thank you for your word. God, even in generations, God, it's crazy to think about the canon of scripture. That is for the elite and the elect that had access to it but the common folk didn't have it. I pray, God, that your word would be proclaimed, would be esteemed, and even in this atmosphere, we'd be an honored community going, man, we have the word of God at our fingertips. I pray we'd love it, we'd live by it, and God, most of all, we'd see it activated in our lives. And everyone said it in the house of God? Amen, amen. Here's a question for you today. Have you ever been rudely interrupted? You guys ever been rudely interrupted? I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget a time where actually Aubrey and I went on on a date night. And maybe you've experienced this actually in a restaurant where actually there's interruptions taking place. I remember there's, there's certain moments, and I've always noticed this, when my wife and I actually need to talk about the things that actually matter most in life, that waitress comes up or that waiter comes up and begins to interrupt us. I'll never forget we were at this uh, great restaurant, and I remember uh, having this deep discussion with Aubrey, and it was like every single interruption you could think of was taking place. Here's how it kind of went. It went like this. Hey, um, you know, the f- food was served. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, man, we're doing great. We're doing awesome. It's so great, man. We'll g- you know, it's like we're just kind of sharing our story a little bit, man. Things are great. She leaves. We get in this big, deep discussion again. Hey, gosh, it's crazy kind of what's going on. Hey, what's, how are the kids doing? Hey, um, you know, and we're talking about all these things that, that uh, mom and dads do, marriage couples. Do. We're, we're talking about all this stuff. Then right when we're about ready to get to a point, here's what we do. Hey, how does it taste? <laughs> you guys good? How does it taste? You good? Good, I'll go tell the chef. Are we good? Okay, okay, cool, cool, awesome. All right, well, you guys have a good time. All right, then Auburn to go back into it, right? We go back and say, yeah, I know, it's crazy, it's going on. Hey, uh, hey, you guys need a refill? You guys need a refill? You guys get, re- what, fourth interruption, you guys need a refill? Um, no, no, we're good, we're good, the water's good. Okay, cool. Um, we start getting back in the conversation. Are you sure? Are you sure? Your cups are kind of going low. Are you sure you don't need a, some more water? No, 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 we're good. So we start getting in our conversation. We start eating, finish our food. She comes back again and says, hey, 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 can I take your plates now? I'll clear this off for you. Are you guys good? And so she goes away. And then the next time she comes, I'm just telling you right now, have you seen those waitresses in the back? That sit back, waiters sitting back and going, man, they're just watching you the whole time. And it's like kind of creepy, but they're like, they're like trying to wait on you, like they're like all generosity, but these crazy interruptions. And then the last time, 
She takes it. She takes our plates. You guys ready for some dessert? It's like by the time we leave out of that restaurant, it's like nothing got accomplished. It was an eruption, right? It was an interruption that took place. I was thinking and wondering, man, I wonder if that's what Paul felt like in Acts chapter 9. Paul, if you know his story at all, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He would have known the law since a young boy. He knew it frontwards and backwards. And isn't it crazy that he could know everything about, God, about God but never actually know God? That's what ended up happening to him. He was like, he was like the individual that was so fired up for the things of God. He was, he was, he was uh, I mean, to, to the point where people were thrown in jail and killed, but it's like he needed an interruption to get him back in line. He's on the road to Damascus. He's there to exterminate this new cult called the way. And on his campaign, Jesus interrupts him. I love it. He interrupts him. He said, hey, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He's filled with the Holy Spirit in order to, here's his three ideas for us today, why the Holy Spirit is so important. Number one, to be led. To be led. Do you know, actually, the greatest aspect of being a follower of Jesus is that when we invite the Holy Spirit in, he leads us. And I believe why the Holy Spirit, why, why the Lord himself will interrupt us is because we often have opportunities to allow the Holy Spirit to lead. It's like these moments where we're leading our life, we're going this direction, we're, we're making these decisions, and it's in those moments of interruptions that God begins to lead and take over. Did you know there's a difference between knowing God and being led by God? Do you know there's a difference between actually knowing him with our minds, but actually him leading us in our life? There's a difference between the two. And what Paul experienced from day one is that when he experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit is that now God is going to lead him. Here's what, here's what happens with the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will what? He will guide. He's a guide. He does like anyone. Hunters, I know, we hire guides to take us to the best places. Right? He, he's a God. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare you the things that are to come. I believe this. I believe that many of us know which direction to go, but we need the Holy Spirit to get us there. I remember for the last 20, I remember like at, at like age like 23, God began to be in atmospheres where we heard these things called prophetic words. I mean, God would speak and someone would be shared to me and I'm, I'm hearing a word. So it wasn't like in my life, I was like at a mystery of what God wanted to do with my life. But I'll tell you this, I had no idea about the journey I was about ready to be taken on. I love it. In the, book of, uh, in the book of Joshua, before they cross over to the promised land, there's an interesting passage. It says, follow very close to the Ark of the Covenant because you've never gone this way before. That's exactly what takes place with the Holy Spirit. And for some of you in this room that you've experienced words or, man, maybe inclinations by God that are of the Lord, that he desires to lead you in a certain direction, I just want to just give you this, um, uh, just this word of wisdom. is allow the Holy Spirit, though, to lead you. Allowed him to guide you. There are crevices, cracks, and areas that we could get caught up in, but the Holy Spirit desires to lead us. Maybe for you, even in your own life, you have experienced frustration. Maybe even it seems like you're always treading water. It's like you're engaging in things of God, but you're getting semi-results. Or maybe you live in a constant state of compromise. And here's why, I think a lot of times why that happens, because you're the one that's leading. I love allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. Because when God begins to interrupt me and the certain direction which I'm going in my life, that's when he has the greatest opportunity to lead me. 
Amen. We don't know places to go. We don't, we don't know the things in which we need to get to to get to that place. And I'll just tell you this. Walking with Jesus is not a straight line. It's like this. You know what I mean? So we need a guide. That's what the Holy Spirit does. What I love about the Holy Spirit is that, man, he's an awesome boss but an awful employee. He's an awesome boss. But when we begin to make the Holy Spirit our employee, can I just tell you he doesn't like that role? That's not what he's called to do. He's called to lead. He's called to be in the driver's seat. We need to be over in the passenger seat, okay? Because God desires to lead us. Here's a question for us to ask today. When was the last time you argued with God and he won? Know what I mean? That's leading. And I think a lot of times with our faith, that's what we struggle with is leadership. We live in the, home, the land of the free, the home of the brave, right? At least that's what I thought we were. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, that's a little political thing here. That's who we are. That's who we are, Americans. But know what's crazy about that, that independence and freedom? We're very difficult to be led. And for us to have the greatest fruitfulness of a life with Jesus is allowing him to lead us. That we can, you want to know the greatest place to get offended is in this room. Because these are the moments where God speaks to us. And can I just tell you, a lot of times, he doesn't agree with you. That's why we have the word of God, the word of truth. You will know the truth and it shall set you free. Want some freedom in the house today? You want to quit leading your own life and trying to get to places? And guess what? God has a, play, God has a way to get you to areas way quicker and way more, more beautiful than you. I'm sorry. Sorry that that offended you. But man, God is an awesome, awesome boss, but an awful employee. Maybe even in our own life, too, it's like, man, partial obedience is still disobedience. That's what leadership is. is man, I will go where you tell me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will pray what you want me to pray. But that's leadership. See, see once we are led, here's, here's the kind of progression. Once we are led, here's what can take place next. We could actually walk. We are led, and being led by God will allow us to walk. There's a cycle actually a lot of believers stay in. I would say probably some of them their the entire life until the Holy Spirit comes in. It's, here's, here's kind of how the progression goes. It goes sin, right? Let's call it what it is. Sin, cross, repentance. Okay, here's the cycle. Back to sin, back to cross, back to repentance. Okay, and again, sin, cross repentance but we never discover there's actually a grave and so many of us in our life is that we're always going back to the cross which was supposed to be a one-time event that we live beyond the cross we actually live from the power of the grave it says in scripture that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead guess what he does he resides inside of us he desires to lead us but here's what's great he desires to walk with us Look at, well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't care. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this. And more, 5, 16 through 18. I don't know if we have all of that there. Sorry, guys. But I say walk by, walk by. Not in front, not behind. Would that be a weird walking with somebody? Imagine this. Aubrey and I are walking. And sometimes this does happen a little bit. I'm fast. I got long legs. We're walking, right? But I'm in front of her. Okay, we can't really be connected, can we? Or how about this, or I'm behind her? Vice versa, right? But walk by the Spirit. Okay, not in front, not behind, but walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, right? You will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. 
This idea is a, is a Greek term called sarks, which is the idea of our fleshly nature. Well, man, I'm not a sinner. I'm sorry, you are. It says this all, 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 which means actually in the original language, all. All have fallen short. All have fallen short, right? All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it says in this, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. You feel this war? Guess what? It happens every single day. Right when you wake up, or maybe in the dreams you had, there's a battle between the spirit and the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want, you want to do. Well, man, I don't really want to do that. No, 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 you do, because you have a nature that's inclined to that. No, I don't really want to see that. No, you do, because you have a sinful nature that wants you to see that. Does that make sense? Man, I don't want to think that way. Oh, no, 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 you do, because it brings a certain pleasure to your life that only satisfies you for a moment. That's this idea of flesh. They're in, opposite. They're in opposition together against each other. But if you, but if you, y'all, that's us, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What's that mean? That means when you're not under the law, you have the inner influence of God's will now. You know what to do now because you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And I just want to proclaim this today. I feel like this. Here's kind of the, the, the peanut butter and jelly of your, of, your, of your sandwich right now. This part right here is that just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to do it. We live in a world of feeling. Here's what we ask. How are you feeling? You good? How are you feeling? What are you feeling? Okay, and here's the response. Well, I guess you should just become it. Here's the problem with that scenario, and I would say the brokenness of our world. I'm just going to be real here. The reason why people are depressed, anxious, struggling with gender, struggling with sexuality is because we have allowed this garbage to take place. When you feel it, you become it. Man, you know what? You, you want to be a unicorn, you can be a unicorn. You guess what? I am glad that my dad never let me become what I wanted to be when I was a young age. You know why? Because I was a kid. I didn't know that. Man, you wouldn't know what I wanted to be. I want to be a bank robber. You feel it? Guess what, son? Become it. That's the garbage we live in today. Can I preach a little bit today? I'm just going to tell you that that type of preaching requires boldness in the room. We require boldness in this hour, and I'm just telling you this right now. If there's no church, everything, all the garbage that's going on, even on this stage I'm on right now, it's going to get everywhere. I'm sorry if you don't agree with that. Guess what? I'm not here to be able to tickle people's ears. I'm the postman. I didn't write the mail. See what I mean? I love the word of God. Know why? Because it's the only thing that can get you free. You shall know the, and it shall set you Free. You shall know the, and it shall set you free. That's how it takes place. Friends, I want some freedom. Our nation needs freedom. It's because the world has no problem telling you what you should do and how you should do it. But here's the problem with that. They never tell you the results. Man, I could just give you, I was that guy almost yesterday. I just wanted to bust out results on you. Just the results, all of it, stats, of all this thing the world is applauding. They're participating and applauding. And it's crazy we start looking at the stats, the stats don't match up. Because here's why. The more free that we're becoming, the more in bondage we're becoming. Isn't that crazy? Man, they're more free than ever. No, 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 no. Even your stats tell me they're not. This isn't the Bible. This isn't the preacher. 
No, your own stats are telling me that they're not the way and they're, they're, they're not free like you think that, that they should be free. No, they're actually more in bondage than ever. People going, man, I'm getting this change to my body. I'm just going really seven weeks in. I don't care. Seven weeks. I would rather, I would rather smack you with truth than kiss you with lies. Too much. You guys like that? We need that. Does it feel good? Do you feel your spirit going, yeah! Woo! That's the, that's the Holy Spirit. So how do we overcome? How do we overcome? And I just want to tell you this, too. Can I just say hands off here, just, just on the side note, too? Anybody that struggles with that situation, you can fill in the blank. Homosexuality, LGBTQ+, plus, 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 plus. I'm just going to say what it is. Gender confusion, whatever the world wants to call it. Guess what? You are welcome here. Okay, here's the second part, though. I just want to let you know, though, if Jesus saves you, he doesn't desire you to stay there. He doesn't. He has a better plan for you that's even beyond that you could imagine. And know how someone walks out of that life, so I'm just going to tell you this. They believe, they decide to choose God's word over their own desires. I've seen it. I've seen students in my college. Right, Jordan? Like, students in my college have struggled with same-sex marriage. Struggle with it. Guess what? And they say, they had a moment, guess what? That I, des- I decided in that moment, in that moment, right now, it's okay. I'm being real today. In that environment, said this. They said, man, I decided to agree with God over my own desire. And they said, right now, it was crazy. I thought I was more free. I thought I was free then. But he said, guess what? I'm more free now than I've ever been in my entire life. That's okay. And guess what? Here's the thing about this. I love, I love humanity, but I love them enough to tell them the truth. And every individual that's offended by this, I'm just telling you right now, that's okay. That's okay. I'm glad for this message right today. Everyone has never opened this book. Never has. Well, preacher, that's pretty bold. I'm sorry. I cannot apologize for the things that are clearly written. I love the book from the, from the very beginning of the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation. I love it. It's changed my life. And there are many things that Jesus has over, the, over my lifetime that has offended me. But I like to do that, God. No, no, no. You don't understand the ramifications of that. I have a better life for you. But guess what God does in those atmospheres? Is when you decide to go, guess what? My greatest liberty is actually to give up my liberty. To be able to receive all that God has for me. Guess what? It's the greatest fulfillment in my life. There's some preaching today. So how do we overcome? How do we overcome? Number one, choose God's side against your own. Think about it. Choose God's side against your own. Call it what it is. It's called sin. Guess what? You can never turn from something that doesn't have a name. So we call it my mistake. No, we call it like, a, a, you know, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm struggling. Yeah, I know we do that. But see, the thing is, you can't turn from a struggle. You got to turn with what the name is called. And in the Bible, it's called sin. Okay, so how do, we, how do we walk out? How do we overcome this idea? We choose God's side against your own. Number two, choose to do it daily. I love it. Walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? That means it's a daily walk. I love in the book of Genesis it even said this. It said this, that they walked with God in the coolness of the day. Guess what? We could still do that. When we wake up in the morning, guess what we do? It even says it in the, in the Gospels that we deny ourselves. And what do we do? We pick up the cross. What is that? What's the cross? It's a crucifixion instrument, isn't it? 
to crucify what? Our flesh. Here's the greatest part of the Christian walk. We do not have to deal with what we feel. Gosh. That is just God. It's what we're struggling with in our nation right now. It's because we're doing what we feel rather than doing what's right and desiring to do what God has called us to do through his word. I told you this. I told you this when the church was planted for a launch team. They, they're going like this. I remember this, Pastor Chris. I said this. I promise you I will never apologize or compromise the word of God. And everyone clapped and loved that. And know what is crazy? Is that when, begin, when that begins to take place, guess what happens? People get offended. That's exactly what takes place. Know why? It's because we're allowing what's taking, taking place on the outside to come on the inside. No. We stand for the word of God. I will bet my life on it. So choose to do it daily. Here's the last thing. When we, when we are led, when we walk, guess what takes place? We begin to pray. Pray. There's two types of prayer, I believe. Praying and hoping and praying and seeing. There's a difference between the two, right? What happens with spirit-led prayer? This is this idea in the Bible. We're just don't, we just don't pray, but we're led by the spirit. Is that we pray and we actually see. Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 26 through 27 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps in our own weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes. I love it. For us with groanings too deep for words. This is Spirit leading prayer. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will, the will, the purpose, the desire of God. That's spirit-led prayer. See, a yielded life leads to answer prayers. A yielded life leads to answer prayers. I believe that's what God is looking for in this hour. Is are we praying our agenda or are we praying God's agenda? That's what happens with spirit-led prayer. Actually, every Sunday morning, you're invited to this, we pray actually out there in the lobby. And before you even came today, guess what? We were praying for these chairs. We've had some people coming over our house on Tuesday mornings that we pray. And know what's amazing about these prayer times? There's moments that we come in with our agenda, our menu, and go, God, would you do A, B, C, and D, A, B, C, and D. But when we come yielded, right? He's leading. The greatest prayer times are the one he leads. And he's leading those prayer times, and you walk into that atmosphere. And then what takes place is he's leading these prayers. You begin to go, man, what am I praying for that for? Why am I praying for this industry or this company? Why am I praying for that individual? Why am I praying for, you see what I mean? It's because it's a leading prayer. But know what's amazing about spirit-led prayer? You will begin to see results. Because he's leading that time. One of the things, even in worship here on Sunday mornings, it's wild. It's because even in worship, it's like, man, I'm just saying, God, what do you want to say? You know, all the stuff I just went down and, and basically offended some people in the church today? I had no plan on sharing that today. But I just felt this drawing. I was like, guess, guess what, God? I'm not married to myself. I'm married to you. And I know the state, and here, here's what's crazy. There's always breakthrough moments to every church. You have to offend some people first a little bit. Shake things up so the church could stay on track to what the church is called to do. But it's spirit-led. Does that make sense? So we pray that way. So how do you have a spirit-led prayer life? I don't know. I just thought I'd add this in today. It's this. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's what takes place with spirit-led prayer. Man, there are times where I get lost, right, Aubrey? I get lost in prayer. We get lost in prayer. When we first started marriage, like we would have our dinner prayers. Like, God, thank you for the food. Amen. But now it's like, man, two hours later, we're praying. It's like, man, we got like, we got like, we got like do something today. You know, it's like, but I'm so lost. 
But no one's crazy in spirit-led prayer. Do you know there's actually more stuff taking, uh, taking ground in that atmosphere than us waking up in that moment and trying to go make things happen? But that's what happens in prayer. Be quick to listen. God, what are you saying? And be slow to speak. I love the idea of, de- of, of words of groaning it talks about there. Is man, a groan that has power is better than a prayer with a lot of words. It's true. It's spirit-led prayer. Two, pray his agenda. I mentioned that, not your own. God, what do you want to say? God, what is it that you want me to go after today? I mean, we've prayed for everything in here. I think the only thing we haven't prayed are for animals and people's homes. I mean, we prayed for everything in this church. God, we pray for breakthrough in this church. God, we pray for people, God, to break out of addiction. God, we pray for marriages to be restored. We pray, God, for kids to know you at a young age. God, we pray, I mean, all this. We pray that even before people come and sit in chairs, they encounter you in the parking lot. It's like, man, I didn't mean to, I didn't like plan on that. But being led by the Spirit. Here's the third one, too. <laughs> be done when he's done. Amen. How good prayer time is, is when he's done. We are in a culture right now, again, I know I'm, I'm hitting some sacred cows today. I know it. But it's amazing when you come into these moments and you're like, you know what? I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm going to turn off my social media. I'm going to put this thing aside and I'm going to pray. But I'm going to be done when God's done. And when he desires me to pray for this, and it's crazy about speaking. When we pray out loud, especially, we're actually, we're actually agreeing with seeds in the atmosphere. Which means our words have life, don't they? Even James talks about it. Your words do. They could bring a blessing on someone, or you can curse them with your own mouth. But when you begin to pray the very prayers of God, that's when things begin to shift and things begin to have movement. I am so ready to see a church that just not gathers on Sunday mornings. We'll have someone come up and play some keys right now. Is that just doesn't gather on a Sunday, but becomes a prayer movement. Can I just tell you, churches, when Jesus got, a, got upset when he came into Jerusalem, he said this, you have made my house. You have made my house. It was supposed to be a house of prayer, a den of thieves. God isn't calling just some people to pray. He's called all of us to pray. And here's what I know is this, is when we, here's what happens, when we are led by the Spirit, when we walk by the Spirit, guess what? We will pray according to the things of the Spirit. Would you stand on your feet today?